Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your boy, Slizzy. I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell in the building. State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 56. How you doing, brother? How's the weather over there in Australia? How is how is uh, RJ Barrett? I mean, uh, RJ Barrett. <laughs> RJ Hampton. And how is LaBella Ball? And how you doing, brother? Yeah, bro, I'm doing really good over this way. Nice, nice, clear skies over here in Australia. And um, yeah, I've been, um, I've been enjoying the NBL games over here of uh, RJ Hampton and LaMelo Ball. They're kind of balling out over here against uh, all our NBL players over here, with most of them are men. Andrew Bogut's playing over here. And um, yeah, I've seen RJ Hampton actually dunk over um, Andrew Bogut. That was quite interesting. <laughs> oh, I know that. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to YouTube once we're done. I got to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's get right into it, man. Let's get right into it. So before we even get into the regular segment today, you know, I had to had to do a little podcast yesterday because I went to sleep on you. So my bad, bro. Um, I just want you to give us well, the people, your little assessment of Nick's preseason and what you saw, and then we could get right into the regular segment, which is our season, our top five season predictions for the Knicks. So, in total, it's 10, and I'm going to assume that your five is different from mine. So, you know, speak about the preseason, man, how you felt about it overall, and, 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 and how you feeling? Yeah, well, um, you know, obviously there's a few up and down moments in the preseason, which which we expected. Um, you know, we we've got a whole heap of new players on this roster, so obviously it's going to take a little time to to gel and get get in the groove of things. But there was positives coming out of uh, the preseason. Um, for one, obviously at the top of the list is is RJ Barrett's play and how yeah. he improved each game. Um, how he stayed locked in, how he got involved. Um, I liked what I've seen from RJ. Um, you know, I liked uh, bits and pieces, I will say, of Julius Randle's play. Um, there, there, there's a few little things there he, he can tinker with, um, you know, um, pass the ball a little bit more too. Um, but oh, all in all with his... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all in all, he, he played pretty well. Um, Marcus Morris was what I expected and then some, of course. Um, I don't think I really have a negative against Marcus Morris because he was, he, he was probably the best of the, best of the bunch. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a pretty good preseason. I mean, that last game against the Hawks um, and especially in the fourth quarter when Frank came on, um, that, that was good. Like, I, I, I sort of wasn't expecting us to to win it because I, I had a feeling Trey Young had just come out and, and you know, just throw him up like he does. Um, so I, I knew it was going to be close and it was closer than what I thought it was going to be. So that, that was a good sign. Um, so, and then of course uh, against the Pelicans as well. Well, um, you know, that they've got a talented young squad over there. So I knew that was also going to be a very competitive game. Um, but again, I, I liked um, what I've seen in that. Um, we competed. Um the good thing that the, the main thing that I noticed is is that teams weren't like last season. They weren't just 
mauling us, man. Like we were competitive. That that was the great thing to see for a change. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> when you got Anus Cancer, Moutier, <laughs> Noah Vonley, Mario Hazonia, yeah. Lance Thomas, and your rotation, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and even, even then, the, the best of that bunch, would, in my opinion, was still Mario. Like, he had a couple pretty good bloody yeah. games. He's not good at point guard. My God, did he go off. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's his game. He needs the ball in his hands. I guess no team ever just trusted him to run an offense, but that's really his game. I wish Fizzle yeah. tried it early in the season. But, you know, when you got Moutier, the tank commander, you obviously want to start Moutier every single game you get. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. shout-outs to Moutier. <laughs> shout-outs to Fizzdale for that. But moving along, um, our five-season predictions for the Knicks. Five bold predictions. So that's 10 in total. So I guess I'll go first. I guess I'll go first. Oh. And then we we can keep going. My first bold prediction. <laughs> and this <laughs> and this might this might sound crazy a little bit, but the hell with it. The Knicks as a team will make over 700 threes this season. Whew. <laughs> That's a high and number. My, <laughs> I know. But my reasoning for it is and I'm looking at the roster and I'm, noticed, I'm noticing the shooters that we got Remember, Knox last year hit a himself with bad point guard play. You still yeah. got R.J. Barrett. You got Marcus Morris. You know he can hit threes. You got Bobby Portis. You know he can hit threes. You know Julius Randle is going to launch at least five threes a night. We we know this already. Yeah. He already looks like he want to be the man, and he wants to take control. He wants the last shot. I respect it. Don't pass it to R.J. R.J.'s a rookie. I respect it. NBA locker room culture and etiquette. So I'm not mad at that. But my first bold, bold prediction, like I said, the Knicks will make over 700 threes. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, or I could see at least getting close to that number, like you just mentioned, because uh, with Marcus Morris and Bobby Porters, with their three-point shots, you know they're going to throw them down. Um, and then add Knox. If Knox even, say, even doubles his number from last season, um, I think they could get close. I, I hope so. I hope so. Because if you if you got guards like R.J. Barrett, you got Frank Milikina, you got DSJ, you got guys who can – Drive to the paint and kick it out to the shooters. Mainly R.J. Barrett. That's the guy who I really want to facilitate the offense. But what's your first bold prediction? Curious to hear what you got to say. 
First bold prediction is going to be based around RJ Barrett. I think he's going to slam dunk the rookie of the year all the way home, man. I think he's going to, I think he's not, he's not just going to win it. He's going to run away with it. Do you have, do you have some numbers? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that you think yeah, you'll get. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, now, this is just two, two sets of numbers. Obviously, points per game and uh, rebounds. I'm not going to add assists in yet, unless, like you said, Fisdale's going to give him a decent amount of time facilitating. But I mean, I could see him at some point through the season being a double double machine um, with rebounds and. Because those rebounds just keep coming up, man. The the so I'm maybe looking at what I've seen in preseason points wise, and the, and these rebound numbers were just getting better and better. I mean, I could easily see him getting, um, you know, probably on a per per night basis, maybe eighteen or nineteen and eight. So something like around around the twenty mark for points and around. The ten mark for rebounds, so it could be anywhere between you know six to ten rebounds. You know what's crazy? Yo, his rebounding is remarkable. I on on the next pod Wednesday night after the Spurs game, I'm definitely going to look up RJ Barrett's rebounding percentage because he can. That boy can rebound with it. Even if he's having a bad shooting night, you know he's going to give you something else on the court. So I'm definitely not worried about RJ Barrett. The no, numbers no. I told, uh, the numbers I told, my man, you, you know I got Apollo, Apollo Creed, got up next fan, shout out to y'all guys. Um, I told him RJ Barrett can average eighteen, eight and four. Yeah, yeah, that sounds reasonable actually. And, and it's it's not so weird that I think he can average that after I watch what happened in preseason, especially from the guard spot. If you yeah. if you getting eight rebounds at the guard spot, that's a that that can bring a whole different dimension to your offense because now he's a guy who's getting a rebound, he's bringing up the ball, surveying the floor. He can easily pass off. You know, it, it it's just beautiful to watch. So, okay. My second bold prediction Is Kevin Knox will finish the season averaging at least 17 points per game? I'm only saying points here. I'm not going to say no other stat. Saying at least 17 points per game. And my reasoning is since he has a better unit around him, it's easier for Kevin Knox to ease himself into the game. Yeah, I feel like RJ Barrett was the perfect selection for Kevin Knox because we we both know Kevin Knox is an off ball player. Yeah, and yeah. we both know that Kevin Knox at nineteen was one of six teenagers ever to hit a hundred plus threes in the NBA season. So we know this kid can shoot. Is if he can put it all together this season? Now I trust can I trust Kentucky. On their games and, and, and to continue to improve. Kevin Knox come from a military family, so I'm always expecting hard work from him. So, yeah, that's my bold prediction. Kevin Knox will end the season with at least 17 points per game. 
Yeah, I can see that too. I can see that too because he's a scorer. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, what's yours, brother? Uh, my second one, um, I'm actually going to go uh, with that. I think Julius Randle will cement himself by claiming an all-star spot as one of the best power forwards in the game. And really, oh, right, really cement that issue um, because he wants it. He's got the – he just wants it, you know. So um, I, I can't see him going backwards, put it that way. He, he's transformed his body. Um, you know, he's he's worked on his game. He's You know, he, he's worked on areas that when he first came in where there was question marks there and he's worked on it, um, you know, and, and now he's going into three-point shooting, adding that to his game and his, and his repertoire. So – I think he becomes an all-star this year, and I, I think he cements himself as one of the top fours in the game. Now, what I'm hearing from your first two bold predictions, it sounds like the P word. And Alan Hahn like to use this P word, and that's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, don't want you to be, I don't want you to be on this pod, bro, screaming these predictions. And you and we think in playoffs. I don't want. Come on now. <laughs> come on now. Come on now, man. But that's the only way. That's the only way I can see Julius Randle being an All Star. Just to um, piggyback over what you were saying, we gotta make. We gotta be in play. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, I've been thinking about this all all off season. And, I mean, even if we could, like, just make the playoffs, like, you know, like, the, you just make it, just make it in. That, that, that would be good enough in my eye. That, that's a big step from where, we, where we've been the last several years. So, I mean, I'll put it this way. On paper, I, I think we've got the depth in the team there to make the playoffs, especially, like, and I'm excluding leaving out of this the top teams in the East, obviously, so... Milwaukee, Milwaukee's going to be a shoe-in, obviously. Yeah. Um, personally, I've still got question marks on Philadelphia. I, you know, I just I don't know with them because when they work, they work. When they don't work, they don't work. They you know, don't. So work. Yeah, yeah. So um, Milwaukee, you know, they're going to get in. So there's one spot gone. Um, I, I dare say, you know, Miami looks like they might might probably grab a spot. Um, Toronto possibly will still be there. I mean, they only lost Kawhi. They, um, I'm expecting Spicy P to be a bigger part of their offense now, like be the focal point, so to speak, now that Kawhi's not there. So they should be still thereabouts. Um, Celtics, uh, I mean, I don't know. This could be the season. Uh... Yeah, they. I, I have this feeling they might actually miss the playoffs. I, I don't know why, but I've just got this feeling that they might miss the playoffs. I don't know if the chemistry is going to work out for them there, but we'll see. But I think I, I think we can make the playoffs. Um, if, wait, if we wait, stay... wait, wait, bro. Bro, real quick. Did you see what the hell they gave Jalen Brown? Yeah. <laughs> what the? What? Mate, oh, I sat there. Oh, I, had to, I had to calm myself down after about 10 minutes. I was laughing that hard because after a horrible... Horrible. Now, yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk saying, well, it could have been because of Kyrie that he had such a down year. And, I mean, Tatum even took a bit of a back back turn last year too. 
Um, but still, like, no, his play last year, I mean, I, I didn't think it warranted that. Uh, especially considering, you know, the other person that was in contract talks decided to take, in reality, less than what he actually wanted in Buddy Heald. So I was like, oh, well, that kind of backfired for you, didn't it, Buddy? <laughs> so, but Jalen Brown, I, yeah, I wouldn't have played Jalen Brown that much. Like, no, I mean, oh, if anything, if anything, I actually thought because, you know, I know he's made some silly parts, but generally he's got a good track record, Danny Age. I actually thought he might help hold off on doing anything until the end of the season, to be quite honest, and see if he bounces back because, you know, there was a lot of talk last year of, well, is this kid really, is he is he good enough or is, is he just, you know, what's the go? He has one good game and then three bad games, you know? Whereas this season, I think, if anything, uh, Jason Tatum might come into his own and he'll have a bounce-back season, I'm expecting, and, and make that team his own. So, yeah, I wouldn't have given – yeah, I wouldn't have given a ridiculous – Come on, man, Jason. Yeah, yeah, I, I know he was I your know. guy, and um, I don't know. I just, I just feel now with Kyrie not there, he might actually, he might actually show out more. Like, he, he, I mean, when he was in his rookie season, everyone was really excited about him because, like I said, he oh, came out, yeah. out of the gate. Yeah, that boy he, was. He was falling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, if he can go back to that and, and then, like, obviously get better again, which I think he's got it in him to do, then he should, he should be able to now. I, I, I really do think, as much as, you know, you know that I, I'm a big fan of Kyrie Irving, apart from his bloody injuries, <laughs> but I actually think he was the problem. I think he may have stagnated. Tatum last year. Um, I think Tatum's more impressive and got more talent than Jalen Brown. That's just from the eye test. Um, but I do expect him to have a bounce back year uh, now that Kyrie's not there and he can sort of, I guess, you know, come into his own and, and sort of take... Let me, a bit. Let, let me say two numbers to you, brother. I'm going to throw this at you, yo. This is why I love Scott Perry, yo. This, this, when I hear contracts like that, after a guy only you only average 13 points per game. When I hear you getting 28 million, yeah. I love Scott Perry, bro. Yeah. Like you gotta love what this it feels like the Knicks virus. Remember that old virus? Yeah. The Knicks just used to pay guys and you like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's just spread throughout the league. I think it's. I think yeah. we don't have it no more. Well, I'm I'm starting to wonder if the Celtics got a bit scared, and maybe that's why they they threw the money and jumped the gun a bit. Because I mean, you know, Ky, Kyrie told him he was going to stay, and then he up and left. And and Horford, they thought might have stick around, but he, he up and left. Um, like that, people have just walked away from Boston over the years. So I'm wondering if they, if Danny Ainge and, and the crew, they've just got scared and gone, well, shit, we might as well just throw this number at him because at least we might be able to keep him. Um, uh, but you can't, you can't do that. Like you just can't. You can't. You can't throw money on, on a on just a player like that without knowing that they're going to play up. Because I'm telling you now, 
if he does not play up to that contract this oh, season. Boy. Oh, because you know what makes it worse, bro? You just paid Kemba 30 something million. Yeah. You already paid Gordon Hayward 30 something million. Now you're paying this guy. You know Tatum going to ask for the super duper max. And if you, yeah. Tatum going to get traded. <laughs> Tatum, yeah. Tatum, yo, what, mark my words, bro. If it don't work out in Boston, Tatum going to be traded. Watch. And they going to try to, what, what Boston going to try to do is try, they going to try to get Booker or they going to try to get um Big Cat. And it's going to be, up to Booker or Big Cat to say, look, man, I don't want to go to Boston. Uh-uh, period. I, this is – these next two seasons is going to be very funny in the NBA, bro. I'm telling you, if, yeah. the, if the Suns don't, don't make the playoffs or if the Wolves don't make the playoffs or if the Bucks don't make the finals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, bro. This is just off the top of my head because I know we just got off our subject about the five prediction. But watch, somebody's going to be. Is Scott Perry going to be right? The, the first person to call, and I'm telling Scott Perry right now. RJ's off the table. Knox is off the table. Mitchell's off the table. Now you could take whoever else you want. Matter of fact. Frank might be off the table too, because I need a perimeter defender. But you can yeah. have whoever else you want. Yeah. And whoever you add to that, oh man, it's gonna be special. And I mean, I, I mean, you know, Knicks Nation don't have a heart attack with what I'm about to say, but I'm telling you now, if Giannis came up, I'm throwing Julius. I'm giving him Julius for Giannis. I, I'm okay. like, take him. Julius take him, take more. Bobby Porter's, take whoever the hell you want, out of, except for these four young guys, but take whoever the hell you want, because I want Giannis, man. <laughs> oh, I really I really don't like talking about Giannis, because I want Giannis' dad. You, I envision a Giannis Knox RJ. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, let's stop talking about that, bro. We get no subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, third predict, third prediction. My third prediction is Frank Milikina will start on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm, I'm going there. I'm going there. I think Fisdale got it. I, I, I think he's going to start him for some reason. I believe that front office and man- the front office and management, I believe they see now to fit. It, you know what's crazy? It was all God, God's plan, bro, for us to draft Frank Milikina, for Porzingis to ask for this trade, the whole Jeff Hornacek playing Jared Jack over Frank Milikina, the whole last year, Moutier, was playing over Frank Milikina, then Frank Milikina got hurt. To Frank getting healthy, to him playing in the FIBA, to actually R.J. Barrett saving this man's career on the Knicks. This is crazy. Crazy. But 
That's that's my third prediction, bro. That that that's my third one. What's yours? Okay, my third one. Now this, this uh, you said one of yours was crazy. Uh, this might sound crazy, but Alonzo Trias cements himself as the point guard and loses the ISO zone name. Ooh. And he wants to. He wants to. Um, you know, um, I, I was just reading something earlier that he actually has actually come out and say he wants to get rid of that name. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to be known as it. And he struggled with it as a rookie because, like, like we all know, it stuck to his hands. But this year, he hasn't done it, Fisdale said, of holding the ball and going in ISO mode. Um, Fisdale Fisdale said, I think he's had two possessions where he had maybe taken multiple dribbles in a possession. He doesn't want the nickname and he wants to change that perception of him as a guy that holds the ball. He wants to be, he wants to show the world Alonzo Trier, but not ISOZO. So he's been going about it the right way and he's been showing it in practice from what Fisdale has said. He doesn't like the nickname ISOZO anymore. He's done completely done with it. That's what he told Fisdale. He is completely done with it. Um, I, I have a feeling that he might... He, yeah, I, I just get this feeling that he might take over the point guard at some point. He might show and prove I can be the guy. I want to be the guy. Give give me the ball. Let me, let me run the offense. That's a hot take right there. It, it was crazy. ISOZO got good ball... He, he got good boy handling skills. I, yeah. He's not. He could. He could dribble. He could dribble. I'm not gonna lie. He could dribble. Um, yeah. Sheesh. And that's the thing for, for him to start. Yeah. I mean, I liked the passing that I've seen from him um, in, in preseason. Like I said, like Fizz was saying, he, he he's not holding the ball like he used to. Um, he brings an element that probably no one else on the team brings from a standpoint of he can really break you down off the dribble and he's a good shooter from three. Um, so, you know, and, and he's been a good teammate, uh, especially in pre-C. He was, he was playing a lot smoother with everybody. Um, I think I've said it to you a few times. If he if this prediction comes true, I'd love to see a Trier RJ backcourt. Um, and, and the thing is, what I'd like to see with it is, you know, you could start one of them at point and one of them at shooting guard. And then sometime throughout the game, switch them around and confuse the hell out of the other team. Like, hang on a second, wasn't he playing point guard and he's out on the wing? Now he's playing, running the offense and he's now out on the wing? Like, that's what I'd do with them two and, and make them both get assist numbers, like high assist numbers. Yep. Yo, you know what's crazy, bro? I love what you just said because... Yeah. I like you could play them at two positions, then you could bring off the bench, which is the role I think he's destined to be the off the bench guy, Tony Allen, grandfather, throw him on your best offensive player. Now, yo, I really like that prediction, bro. That's crazy. If Fisdale was the star, I saw Zoe. Yeah. Well, right now, as I said, if it, if it's not Frank, I'd I'd go with Trier. Especially nobody over DSJ and Peyton because those two other boys just, just have been horrible and haven't shown enough. But Frank's got his defense. Um, Alonzo's has tightened up his defense from where it, where it initially was. But um, he's changed. Like I said, he wants to show that he's not. He doesn't want that name anymore. And now, if he if he really doesn't want that name anymore and he wants this, I actually think he could beat them all out for it. 
So that that's why I was going with that with my prediction is, um, yeah, again, he wants to change his game and, and, and show... I mean, I, I've watched a few um, videos on YouTube of him back in college and, and he had that pass. He wasn't... It wasn't full blown ISO back then, and he and he like had decent assist numbers. So, you know, if he can bring that out, and and um, yeah, but, but as I said, I reckon maybe halfway, three quarters through this season, he might cement himself as as a point guard, as a starting point guard. So, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him prove it. Yeah. If you've got, mm-hmm. If he starts at point guard, that means somebody got to go. Somebody got to go. Somebody got to get traded. That's for sure. Because I don't think DSJ got the temperament to come off the bench. That's just me. I don't know. He, he just strikes me as that type of guy. And another thing I've been asking people, not to get too off the subject, but, and this is a dead serious question, like, and I think I asked this to you last week on the pod. Are you willing to pay no, DSJ no. twenty plus million? And I'm not. I'll, I'll take a point. We. Really I'll take a point that we were just talking about. If we if if we were to pay him twenty million, it'd be as bad as what Danny Ainge just gave Jalen Brown. It'd be nearly as bad as that. Well, sorry for the delay, people. Anchor app is acting crazy, but yeah, we were yeah that yeah. Let's let's. You you was, you was talking about ISOZO, and then we was talking about trade trades because yeah yeah. Um, he starts point and he sub- submits it. Then I mean, somebody got to go. And like like you said, when when you said about. Dude, we're not we're not going to pay him twenty million because that'd just be as bad of of, of a contract as what Jack, the Celtics have just given Jalen Brown. In my eyes, um, he hasn't shown enough to to warrant getting paid that much. You know, as far as I'm concerned, might, maybe in other people's might, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I'm not paying him twenty million dollars. If 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 I say if if well, I'm not going to call him I say so because I'll get myself in trouble with him because he wants to lose the nickname. <laughs> so if Alonzo Trier. I mean, he he ends up living up to what I, I I want him to, and and takes my prediction, and then just goes with it. I, I'll give I'll be happy to give him twenty million dollars because <laughs> because oh yeah, he does a lot. He, there there's a lot more to his game that we've seen than what DSJ showed out. But I also think there's a lot more to be unlocked too, especially now that he wants to completely change. The perception on him, so I'm expecting big things now from him. I'm expecting to see new things that I haven't seen from him. He might surprise everyone. So, my fourth prediction: <laughs> Mitchell Robinson will hit at least fifty threes this season. Mm-hmm. And my only reasoning for that is I really think Fisdale going to let the let the cuffs off Mitchell Robinson this season. Probably not at the beginning of the season. Probably like around January or November. 
Because if he got that open jumper, he got to take it. You got to take it within the flow of the offense. You can't second-guess yourself when you're at a center position and guys are leaving you just to go play the man who got the, who got the ball in his hands and you're wide open. You have to take that shot. So, I believe Fisdale will release the cuffs off Mitchell Robinson, and I believe that he will make 53s this season. I don't know how many attempts he will get, but I'm just saying 50. What's your fourth bowl prediction? Mitchell Robinson will have the most blocks in the whole NBA. <laughs> that ain't really bold, but continue. But there's more to it. And he will take that trophy off of Rudy Gobert. He's going to win defensive player. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. That's, yo, you screaming playoffs, man. All your predictions is screaming playoffs, man. But continue. I want you, why, why do you think, see, we, we, we had this talk about, we don't really talk about Mitchell Robinson no. enough. Because it's like, how much do you need to know about this guy? But when 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 I watch him play defense, it just screams generational defender. Yeah. Like to me, it just screams it. So I want to know how. Did, what makes you feel that way? What makes you? What makes you think he could make the team who was last in every defensive category last season? And who was last in de- defensive efficiency? Where basically last in every category. What 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 in God's green earth make you think that? Well, obviously we all know how good of a blocking machine he is for starters. So, you know, I, I, I really with with my first part of that, I really don't think that that's going to be too much of a problem for him to lead in blocks. That that's straight off the bat. So that that's going to have the Knicks up there when it comes to blocking. But he's got better defensive guys around him now than he had last year. Like Marcus Morris ain't no schmuck on defense, for, for example. Um, you know, RJ Barrett ain't no schmuck on defense. We, we've seen that. Uh, we know what Frank can do. I don't have to talk about Frank. He's, he's like A plus when it comes to defense. So, you know, if he's got the right players on the court with him when it pertains to defensively, um, that's going to help um, this prediction and, and, and his case to, to push for that because, um, you know, with the plays he had last year, it was kind of him pretty much really doing it on his own because, you know, he didn't have the best guys around him. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to lift up his guy. Obviously, the one thing, if he's going to get there, the one thing he has to stop is, like you said, getting in foul trouble. He needs to stay on the court to be able to achieve this. So he cuts out the fouls, and I I really believe that he because of his defensive talent that he he will take that he will take that honor because I, I mean Rudy Gobert okay he's realistically he's about the, the same even though he's been in the league he's about the same offensively as Mitch like he's not a free point he hasn't got a free point really he's a paint worker um you know so. But defensively, oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've watched Gobert. Mitch is quicker than Gobert on that court at moving around and switching up. Um, Mitch has got some hops when it comes to jump line. 
you know. So if Gobert can win an award like that, I think Mitchell, you know, once he's got everything down, it's going to be easy for him. Like, he's going to make it look easy. Yeah, it, and one thing I, I agree with you with, Mitchell Robinson is definitely a better perimeter defender than Rudy yeah. Gobert. And I watched Rudy Gobert in about three straight playoffs where James Harden is literally destroying the Utah Jazz. And and, and mind you, they're, they're a great defensive yeah. team. So if he can't stay in front of James Harden, which I've seen Mitchell Robinson do, and I've seen Mitchell Robinson block one of his – one of his step back threes. I mean, the potential is limitless, man. Mitchell Robinson was he that boy is special, man. Scott Perry found himself again. Yeah. That he deserves an A plus plus for that so, pickup. That was that, that, that's that's why I, I, I'm going with that bold prediction. At, like like we've just said, like he, he can defend out on the perimeter and he can defend in the paint. He as I said, he moves around a lot quicker than Gobert. Um, he, he has more blocks than Gobert. Like, he just – I think, as I said, if, if someone like Gobert can take out the defensive, I can't see why Mitch can't. Uh, not not with his, Mitch's abilities. Um, I, I think he, he can do it. As I said, he just needs to stay on the court to be able to do it. So, my last prediction is I believe the Knicks this season – will win 38-plus games. I'm going to just say 38-plus games. That's my cap. That's my minimum. And I'm going to say 38-plus games because I'm, I'm really confident. I'm really confident, and I'm really optimistic about the roster. I really like the roster makeup. It all boils down to Fisdale and how will he manage these guys throughout the course of the season. And – I'm 100% confident in Fisdale. I'm confident in the, the management, the coaching staff. We did a podcast already about the coaching staff. I'm, I'm, I'm just confident, bro. I'm confident that Fisdale will get an offensive system going. And people got to realize it took Kenny Atkinson two full seasons, two full seasons to get his offensive system down back. And – Fizdell is in his year one of a of the first roster that he's ever had. I'm gonna repeat, he's in year one of the first roster he's ever had. When he inherited that Grizzlies roster, it wasn't really his roster. It wasn't really his guys, but he changed the way they play. Marcus All should be thanking Fizdell for his for his championship because he shot threes. Marcus Saul didn't want to shoot threes. Fizdale changed his game. I see that as development. Um, so, yeah, bro, my, my prediction, 38 games. That's the minimum. Hopefully we make the playoffs. And I, I'm just excited. I'm overall excited for the season. I'm excited for Wednesday. I'm excited for the podcast we do Wednesday. I know it's going to have a lot of energy. And, yeah, man, I'm excited, bro. So, What's your fifth and final prediction, bro? Okay, fifth and final prediction, which I think I think you knew that it was heading here, but I'm going to go straight out and say we're making the playoffs. 
I don't, I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to go ahead and go. I oh, will get past the first round, or we'll get to the second round. You know, I'm just going to say we're going to make it, even if it's just just making it there. We just scrape in. Um, I think we can do it. I think we've got the team there to do it. Um, you know, of course, in injuries play a big factor. We know this. So if if any of our guys are off the court too long, this prediction goes in the trash. All right. So. But barring injury and the right play, I think we can. I think we can make it because I think the East is a little bit more open than last season. Um, you know, I've, I've been looking at. I've had just looking over the teams. I mean, if we're going to pick eight teams, including us, that'd be us, Miami, Milwaukee, Toronto. So there's four. Um, Philly, I'll throw in there. But, uh, five, um, maybe the Bulls, um, a six, getting back into playoff contention. They've got a good young squad. Atlanta, a seven. Um, mm. I forget who was my eighth. Um, no, it wasn't Orlando. Uh, maybe, maybe Detroit. It, it just, I'm a little bit skeptical with Detroit because it kind of rests on bloody Blake uh-huh. Griffin, but. I think Blake going to ask for a trade. If I was him, I would. The only, only and, and this is the reason why their fans over in Detroit, because I've got a few friends that are Detroit because of it, but their fans have been screaming to get rid of that useless point guard of theirs that they got off OKC, <laughs> right, Reggie Jackson, because he's just he's just not what he thinks he is. Well, I think he he thinks of himself as like that he's like top echelon of point guards in his own head, but he's not. Um, so I think with the poor point guard play over there, yeah, that, that'd want to push anybody out. And if it's not him asking for a trade or he gets traded, I think Drummond will be getting traded. Yo, it's watch. I'm telling you, bro. I think Blake go ask for a trade. I think the team, the team that really should trade for Blake Griffin with all honesty is the Timberwolves, but <laughs> I don't know if they savvy enough to do it, but that's the team that I definitely would want to see get Blake Griffin because you need a guy next to Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, you want to maximize his window. Think, make a trade for him, man. I, I mean, the only other team I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in, again, it goes to the Jesus. West. Um that I could possibly see getting in on it only because I've been reading something that they could lose a certain power forward who might want to head back to Portland to play with Damien Lillard is the Spurs. Because they could be losing Marcus mm. Aldridge because he's come out mm, and, and said that he, he regrets leaving Portland and that he would like to return to try and win a championship with, with Damien and... Um, CJ. So if that ends up happening, I, I could see the Spurs getting on Blake Griffin to pair him up with DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray and them boys. Oh, that's that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. At these next few years, these trades is going to be really funny these no. next few years. We we don't know what's going to happen. I hope the Knicks stand back because we're in a re- and 
The curse of Charlie Ward still lives on. We have not re-signed a rookie since 1994. We have to rebuild organically. We have to rebuild. You got to sprinkle in guys from the free agency. You don't depend on well, the free agency. Just sprinkle guys in. And you don't I was going to say, there's, there's three names I, I would bring in via, if it has to be via trade or via free agent at some point. And then the only three names that stick out to me and because of the teams they are on, if they're not going to, if the teams they're on, you know, like go to crap, I could see them ask all three asking for trades out possibly. That's Giannis, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns in, in Minnesota and Donovan Mitchell in Utah. <laughs> you know it's crazy mm -hmm. Donovan is definitely yeah. from New York too <laughs> Don, I, I, New York is gonna RJ Barrett is definitely gonna make New York cool again it's gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna get a free agent well, oh, here's, a, here's another name and oh my god I'll tell you what if it ever happened and I'm only gonna say that there's a slight possibility it could one day because him and his mum absolutely, since they've come to America, absolutely love New York City. But wouldn't it be funny if things go to crap in Dallas and Luka Doncic comes to New York eventually? <laughs> oh, no, oh, my goodness. You want to know what's crazy about Luka? I had got Luka in 2K19 in my career mode. And he's just... Oh, he's got a, yeah, he's a, he's built for New York. He, he's got a Luca affinity for New York. I, I read yeah. something a while back that him and his mum, like they came to New York, they like, went on their shopping spree as they did, and they just took in the city. And he loved it. Like he absolutely loved it. Like he was. He, he goes, oh, I could see myself thriving here. So because he, you know, he's got the interest there and he has an affinity for it. I mean. You, you know, you could never say never, put it that way. There, there, there could be a possibility. And the track that opened the door for him to become a Nick. Hey, we'll see what the future brings. Mm -hmm. Yo, we just, we got to hope. We got to hope, bro, for these things that we talking about to happen. This rebuild yeah. has to go our way. And it takes a lot of luck. It takes a lot of player development, and it takes a lot of faith in the coach. We gotta play faith in Coach Fizdale. I don't uh, want to see no fire Fizdale, but I, I've been hearing these guys calling the Nick Fan TV, bro, and and, and, and other nothing but Knicks. He's in the end line here. Fire Fizdale. Why? <laughs> you want <laughs> you want stability or not? I've noticed that too, and I've noticed who they've been calling for the replacement. Now, the who they've been calling for the replacement, hey, I'd be all up for him coming in as like, um, you know, like an advocate or just coming in as an assistant, Mark Jackson, because he's a former Nick, but he doesn't need to be the head coach. He can come in and be like an advisor or, or something like that. I, I'd like him to be something like that. I, I'd love to bring, a, you know, a former Nick in like him, um, that understands New York. But he doesn't need to be the coach. Fizz, Fizz needs to be given a fair go. Like, you're not going to fire someone over, you know, after one season. And and, and, and my, my season where he was pretty much coaching babies in, in NBA terms. He was coaching babies. They're all babies, like, you know. Um, so, the man... Yeah. We're horrible. Oh,
He was he yeah. was coaching babies with and, horrible point guard play. And and the, the other thing I want to add to to people that don't like Fizdar, well, I'll, I'll just I'm going to quote one one person that most people uh, should listen to because his mind's just brilliant. But when Pat Riley gives you the the thumbs up and says that he that you're, he's a good coach, that's all I need to hear. I'll take Pat Riley's word, you know, on on people all day because he's he's just you know he's just so smart, man. Like he's, you know, he he, he might have got outdone in in coach, even though he was a great coach, but outdone in coaching by Phil Jackson. But I mean, he annihilated Phil Jackson as a as a president, man. Like he just knows his he just knows his stuff, and he's yeah, got nothing yeah. but praise. He's got not a negative thing to say for, from Fizz. And yeah, some people could come back on and say, oh, that's just because he was a part of Miami's. You know, thing. but he's not just going to turn around. Like he, he had bloody Stan Van Gundy there and got rid of Stan Van Gundy because he did, couldn't stand Stan Van Gundy. So if he's if he had a problem with Fizz, he's the type of person that would come out and say, "Oh, I don't think he's he's going to be a good head coach." But he hasn't. He's he's been the whole time. He's the right fit for New York. He was a good choice. He even he even t- I think he, they in the Knicks even spoke to uh, Riley about Fizdale and got his opinion on Fizdale, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know. Uh, Pat Riley's given his recommendation. I, I think he's pretty safe. Man, I I love this coaching staff, man. I always say that, man. We, oh, and that, we in good hands, brother. I, I can't Just, think of his name. I, I was going to say, I, I, I can't think of his name yet, yeah. but as soon as I say what sport he came from, you'll, you'll probably bring the name up. I'm interested to see in the unique ways and the unique perspective Mr. Uh, Volleyball, was it? Mr. Volleyball. Come comes with. Yeah, um, Mr. Volleyball. Okay. I'm, I'm spacing oh, on his oh, name at the moment, but he was. He, I'm pretty sure he was coaching the summer league. Ah oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. He definitely was. He definitely was. And 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 you've seen some of yeah. the, some of the sets that the Knicks was running. You definitely seen it. I'm. Final final thing of the night, bro, before the season starts. The only thing, will this management prioritize the kids to the point where, honestly, me, me, you, locked on Knicks, posting and toasting with everybody, are they going to satisfy us this season? With the offensive system, that's the yeah. Main yeah. Thing I mean, the system. That's my. That, that's going to be interesting. Point. I mean, we, we've 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 uh, spoke on this several times um, in different podcasts, and so is everybody else about Fizdale implementing a system. Um, I've got faith, like in Scott. I've got faith in Scott Perry. I can I can say that straight out, and I've got faith in Fizdale. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still think with everybody else with. But thank God Perry's there because I'm still with everybody else with Mills. Mills, Mills really isn't a very good talker when it comes to getting interviewed. Uh, <laughs> it's very awkward, man. Like, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm watching him several times. I'm like, why does he look so stiff and awkward? Like, and Scott Perry's just up there so calm, and Fizz is just sitting there with the smiley face, so calm and relaxed. And but both him and Fizz, uh, Perry and Fizz speak so fluently and, 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 you know, you know, without hesitation. And then Mills, you know, he's a bit of a, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just looks awkward. <laughs> so I'm, it's up to Perry and Fizz. <laughs> I'm putting it down to because, you know, Perry, as I said to you when they hired Perry, Perry's true teaching an old dog new tricks in Mills. So Mil, Mil, Mills is... Mills is learning. Mills is learning. So, um, yeah, Perry and, and, and Fizz really need, and, and the rest of the coaching staff, um, Caleb, uh, as you say, yeah, Caleb Canale and all that, they, they really need to knuckle down a, a system and so the people can see, so we can all see what, what exactly system you're going to run because we know that they didn't have a system last year because it was more about, um, you know, integrating himself with the players, seeing what he has in these young guys, figuring out what their strengths and weaknesses were, and mainly getting down defensive fundamentals with Mitch and a few others. So that that that's all last year it was a it was a feeling out process, I guess you could call it. This season, a system needs to be implemented, and and they need to stick with it. Um, and see what's work, what whatever's not working, you know, you 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 know, you change or you you remove the player if it's not if he's not working in the system, and and you get that starting five nailed out to the point that you're not having to change it too much, um, you know. So yeah, I, it's just I, I think it'll centre around two, um, just judging from Fisdale on whoever's going to be running the offense. That's where it's going to start. So it'll be interesting, whether that's Frank, whether that's Trier, whether that's RJ. My personal opinion, it needs to be, it needs to be one of those three with a bit of Julius Randall added in there as a, as a point forward um, when called on. But it needs to be one of those three because one of those three, I think, could could set things up beautifully for whatever system they want to implement. And it, it, whatever system, maybe they need to just look at those three and go, well, if they go, well, this is what I want to instill. I think, I think this one, I think RJ might be better suited to run out my system, or Tria might, with his skill set, might be better to run out my system. He needs to figure that out. Um, so. That that's yeah, that's my biggest thing. Hopefully, it won't take long to see it. Um, you know, don't don't expect it over the first few games. We need to see a, a, a few games under the belt to get a gist of it. And he's probably gonna obviously change things up until he until he gets his starting five set right for himself and for his system. So it'll be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see what he what comes out and what finalizes. Um, and like yourself, I'm I'm interested just purely in this first game who he is going to start point guard. So we'll we'll see come come opening night. Yeah, man, I'm 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 really intrigued as to what Fizdale's doing, man. This is gonna be it. well. We done with preseason, summer league, blah 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 draft. Welcome to the <laughs> um. Any final words for the people before we get out of here, Mister Mitchell, man? Yeah, just um, just keep the positive and positive energy up. Um, you know, look forward to this season. Um, no game has started yet, so we've got to get through the first game. Hopefully, um, hopefully we can come out with a win. That that'd just be a bit of a statement to win the first game of, of the season. Um, you know, it'll be a tough game, obviously um, against the Spurs. So um, yeah, just just look forward to opening night. Uh, and let's look out for what Fizz's system is going to be and, and hope for a great season. Yeah, man, I agree. 
I definitely agree. I hope Fizdale installs this offensive system. Um, damn, man, it's, the season is finally here, man. It's so fast. Summer went by so quick. Um, salute to everybody who be tuning in, man. With my guy, Mr. Mitchell, State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 56. Shout outs to everybody that be the support. Peace.